Welcome to my chilling chamber. Come on in. Grab yourself a warm beverage. Get uncomfortable. And prepare yourself for the stories that are about to unfold. Welcome back, Blade Walkers. This is your hostess, Blair Blade, and thank you for joining me for part two of the Dolls episode. On today's episode, I will be continuing the story of Haunted Dolls and sharing with you two of the most famous ones. I wanted to share with you the story of a very famous doll. You may have seen her in movies. Um, I believe there's some books about her. Her name is Annabelle. Now, given my history with creepy dolls, I tend not to watch any movies with creepy haunted dolls in them. So I actually have never seen the movie Annabelle most of my friends will tell you that I do have a tendency to squirm a little bit if I see one on TV or in a room and it's really terrifying when the doll is not supposed to be in the room and just ends up showing up in the room. Clearly I have some traumatizing problems from childhood. <laughs> but um, that is all validated here with my story of Annabelle. If you thought the movie was just a made-up motion picture, you would be terrified to find out that the Annabelle doll is real and you can actually go visit her. The real Annabelle can be found at the Warren's Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut. Unfortunately, the current museum is being relocated due to some zoning issues, but when I find out where they move, I will include that address in the show notes and a link to their website because it's actually really um, kind of interesting and pretty cool to see all the stuff that they have there. In researching Annabelle, I went to the Warren's Occult Museum website and um, that's where I got most of my information. They have kind of the whole story of her and pictures and all that kind of thing. According to the information from the museum's website, in 1970, there were two college roommates. These two girls were excited about graduating and beginning their lives with their nursing degrees. And their names were Donna and Angie. Now, Donna's mother was really proud of her daughter, and for her birthday, she purchased a Raggedy Ann doll from a local hobby store. She gave the doll to her daughter. Donna loved it and placed it on her bed as decoration. 
Over the next few days, Donna and Angie started noticing some very strange things about the doll. Just like my creepy little clown friend, Annabelle also liked to move around the house. At first, her movements were small, just slight position changes here and there. The turn of a hand, the subtle twist of a head, but they soon became very noticeable. After a while, Donna and Angie would come home to find the doll in a completely different room of their apartment. The doll would be found in a number of positions. Legs crossed, arms folded, upright and even standing on its feet. When I read this, I immediately got the chills and I'm probably going to have nightmares tonight about dolls standing up. The thought of that is so terrifying. And if you don't think that that's creepy, Donna actually experimented several times. She would place the doll on the couch before she left her apartment for work. And when she returned home, the doll would be back in her room, sitting on her bed with the bedroom door closed. This doll had some serious problems. Whoa. The girls discovered that Annabelle also had another skill, and that was that she could write. About a month after her movement started, the girls began finding messages on parchment paper that read, help us, and other notes would read, help Lou. The notes themselves looked like they were written by a small child, and what's really weird about this situation I mean, a doll writing notes is really freaking weird, but the weirder, I guess, part of it was that neither one of the girls had ever purchased parchment paper, nor did they keep any in the house or have any in their house at all prior to this. One night, Donna came home to find the doll on her bed. And this seemed like a usual pattern, but this time, it was something a bit more eerie. The doll had what looked like red drops of blood on the back of its hands and its chest. Scared out of their minds, the girls sought the help of a medium. They called them over to the house and held a seance and they ended up contacting the spirit of Annabelle Higgins, a young seven-year-old girl who had lived on the property before the apartments were built. When they did the seance, the spirit had expressed that she felt comfort with the girls and wanted to stay with them. So Donna and Angie decided to give her permission to inhabit um, the doll and to continue to live with them. They soon would find out that that was a mistake. 
The girls had a friend named Lou, and he had been around since Donna had gotten the doll. He never liked the doll much, and he warned Donna to get rid of it on many occasions. He would tell her that the doll was evil, but she didn't listen. Annabelle must not have liked him very much either, because one night Lou woke up in a panic. To me, it sort of sounded like he woke up in a sleep paralysis type situation. He woke up startled, looking around the room, but he was unable to move. But when he looked down, he saw the doll, and she began slowly gliding up his leg, over his chest, and up to his face, and started strangling him. Unable to move and gasping for breath, Lou struggled in terror. He finally blacked out. Lou woke up the next morning determined to get rid of that doll, and he was certain that that was no dream. The three of them had been planning a road trip, and the next day Lou and Angie were reading over maps to plan out their adventures. They were alone in the apartment, and suddenly they started to hear rustling noises coming from Donna's room. They sat there in silence, listening, but the rustling didn't stop. Scared that someone maybe had broken into the apartment, Lou snuck his way down the hallway and into the bedroom to check it out. He waited for the noises to stop before entering the room and he flicked on the light. But no one was in there, except for Annabelle. She was on the floor in the corner of the bedroom, and as he walked around the room, looking around, he got closer to the doll. He felt something behind him and spun around, but nobody was there. And then in an instant, he was grabbing for his chest. Doubled over, he was cut and bleeding. On his chest, it looked like seven claw marks, both vertical and horizontal, and they looked like burns. This was the mark of the beast. The scratches he had obtained that night had ended up healing very quickly. After the attack, Donna had decided it was time to bring in the big guns, and she called a priest named Father Hagen. He spoke with the girls and with Lou and decided that he actually could not do this alone and that he would have to call a higher authority in the church and that would be Father Cook. Father Cook immediately contacted the Warrens at the museum. According to the website, the conclusion of the Annabelle case was that the doll was possessed by an inhumane presence. And from what I found out is that spirits do not possess inanimate objects. They actually possess people. An inhumane spirit can attach itself to a place or object. And this is actually what happened in the Annabelle case. 
the demonic spirit was looking to possess a human host and it was in the infestation stage. The process of this, I guess, goes like this. First, the doll would begin moving around the house to gain recognition. Then, predictably, the girls would bring in a medium so that the spirit could communicate with them. The inhumane spirit would prey on the girl's emotional vulnerabilities by pretending to be the harmless little girl um, in order to gain permission to stay there. And then it would start causing negative phenomenon. And this would inevitably lead to putting the mark of the beast on Lou. The next stages of this um, they say would have been complete human possession. And if this had lasted another two to three more weeks, the spirit would almost definitely would have possessed, if not harmed or killed one or all three of the occupants living in the apartment. Holy cow. That's really disturbing to think about because my sister and I had kind of similar experiences. If that was the case, we got kind of lucky, I think. Father Cook asked the Warrens at the Occult Museum, you know, their kind of thoughts, what they thought maybe was going on with this, um, and what maybe the best course of action was, because they had dealt with this kind of stuff before. The Warrens had decided that it was best to have Father Cook do an exorcism blessing to cleanse the apartment. After the exorcism, Donna gave the doll to the Warrens, and they reported that on their way home, their car kept repeatedly stalling at every corner they were at. The power steering and brakes kept failing. They dodged many collisions on the way home, which during the drive, Ed Warren actually turned around and doused the doll with holy water and they were thankfully able to make it home safely. Now, I'm not really sure exactly how exorcisms work. I've never seen one, thank God, but um, my, I guess, thoughts are that once one of those is done, everything's fine, there's no more demon, and whatever was possessed in the first place wasn't anymore. In the case of this doll, hold on to your hats, people, because this must have been some strong type of demon shit. After the Warrens got that doll back to their house, they saw the doll levitate a couple times. How fucking freaky is that? And then, the doll starts showing up in different rooms again. So the Warrens were like, okay, obviously that exorcism did not work. And they had to invite over another um, priest, and his name was Father Jason Bradford. He was a Catholic exorcist, 
So he had a look at the doll and I guess in his visit he was really intense. Um, he picked the doll up and started screaming at it saying, you're just a rag doll, you can't hurt anyone. And was really forceful in trying to expel this demon from it. After he thought his attempts were successful, Father Bradford left the house and an hour later, Lorraine and Ed Warren received a phone call from him explaining that he had just been in a terrible, nearly fatal car accident. Uh, his brakes apparently failed on his car in a busy intersection which completely destroyed his vehicle. Over the next couple of years, many other events occurred and the Warrens thought it best to maybe build a case for her. So they put her in this case inside the occult museum and since then it hasn't appeared that she has moved at all. But she is thought to have caused the death of a young man who actually visited the museum. Hearing the story of Annabelle, he went up and was banging on the case, insisting that she scratch him and just taunting her and Ed Warren came up and he told the man and his girlfriend that they needed to leave. Well, on the way home, he had lost control of his motorcycle and ran straight into a tree. The young man was instantly killed and his girlfriend was hospitalized for over a year. When people questioned his girlfriend and asked her what had happened, she said that they were laughing and joking about the doll and then all of a sudden the motorcycle just lost control. It is completely wild to me that objects can hold spirits and that the energy could be so strong that they can physically move the vessels that they're in and they can also physically harm people. And not only that, they can also move other objects in the room. Which brings me to my next frightening story, and this is the story of Robert the Doll. Now, I am only going to say his name that one time, and the rest of the story I'm going to refer to him as R because I get this really unnerving feeling from this one and in doing research on him it's really really hard to look at the pictures of him as he really does look like he's going to just like steal your soul or come join you in whatever you're doing and last night while I was having a dream, he actually ended up appearing in it, which really freaks me out. I really hope that's just from seeing the pictures of him online and he isn't trying to like connect to me or something, because that would be the worst. So my research of R was pulled from ghostandgravestones.com and this is out of Key West, Florida. Ghost and Gravestones is a ghost tour where you can actually go and see the doll yourself. So if you guys are interested, um, 
after I tell you this story because this stuff's really creepy and I don't think you want him coming home with you. So if you decide that that's a good idea, after hearing about R, you can go to ghostandgravestones.com and um, sign yourself up for your own ghost tour. According to the site, in early 1900s, a boy named Eugene Robert Otto was given a handmade doll by a servant that worked for his parents. Eugene, or Jean as they called him, loved his new doll and he actually named it after himself. He spent every waking moment with this doll. They were the best of friends and the home that they actually lived in was located at 534 Eaton Street, and it was built between 1890 and 1898. Today, this house operates as a bed and breakfast, and it's called the Artist's House because later on in Jean's life, he um, became an artist. So in the Artist's House, this is where this lifelong bond would be cultivated and where all of these very creepy things would start happening. It didn't take long after Jean received the doll that strange and terrorizing behaviors started to take place with the doll. One night, when Jean was 10 years old, he woke up to find R sitting on the end of his bed, staring up at him. A few minutes later, his mother awoke to screams of Jean yelling for help and the sound of furniture being flipped upside down in his room. Jean begged his mother to rescue him, and when she was finally able to get into the locked door, Jean was curled up in his bed, shaking, and his room was torn apart. R was just sitting at the foot of his bed, smiling. Many times during his childhood, when weird, devilish things would happen, Jean would just say that R did it. And the strange events didn't stop there. Jean's parents would hear their son upstairs talking with the doll, and when he'd ask a question, a response came, but in a completely different voice. They even reported seeing the doll physically speak and watched as his facial expressions changed. This doll was able to physically manipulate materials. That's a new level of some crazy, out-of-this-world shit. Oh my gosh. His parents also said that they would see him running up and down the stairs and they would see him staring out of their house windows. What the hell? Why would you not get rid of this thing? I don't understand this. And after all of this, Jean, who I would think would be traumatized 
from being terrorized by this doll forever. Um, still, I guess, decided this doll was his best friend. And after the death of his parents, Gene inherited the house and then he moved back into it with his wife, Anne. He decided at the time that R needed his own room and gave him a room with a window that overlooked the street. Jean's wife felt very uneasy with the doll and she had asked Jean repeatedly to lock him up so that he couldn't harm anyone. After Jean put him in the attic, there were reports of hearing footsteps upstairs and the sound of someone giggling in an evil tone and pacing back and forth. And the children in the neighborhood said that they had seen the doll watching them from the window of R's old bedroom as they walked back and forth from school. Now Gene, hearing this from these kids and thinking there's no way that he's in that old bedroom because I put him in the attic, rushed upstairs to the bedroom to see for himself. And to his chilling surprise, there sat the doll sitting in the rocking chair by the window in R's old upstairs bedroom. He got out of the attic. Jean grabbed the doll and ran back up to the attic and locked him in there. He had done this many times. I don't know what that was. That was kind of weird. Okay. Jean had done this many times only to find our back by the window in his old bedroom. Having to deal with something like this or live with something like this? I can't even imagine what Jean's wife was going through. Like, she did not sign up for Dollville. I don't... What in the world? Okay, so she, later on, it, there was rumors that she died of insanity. And I don't blame her, because that would drive a person crazy. Okay. After the death of Jean, in 1974, a new family had moved into the house, and they had a 10-year-old daughter. And when they were moving all their things in, upon exploring the home, the girl had went up to the attic, and she found the doll. <sighs> And here we go, her love affair with the doll. Don't worry, it's not what you think. Her love affair with the doll didn't last long at all because this thing scared the crap out of her. Um, she told her parents after having the doll for only a short while that it was alive and it wanted to hurt her. And she woke up screaming in the middle of the night saying that the doll had been moving around her room um, and kind of doing the similar stuff that had happened when Jean was a kid. 
her parents actually weren't messing around they weren't gonna sit here and live with this doll so they got rid of it and he now resides in the East Martello Fort where you can actually go visit him and take a look at him if you are brave enough So there's been, you know, research, I guess, to try to figure out what was going on with this doll. And in the case of him, it was believed that the servant who originally gave Jean um, R had been mistreated and wanted to punish their family. It was believed that she cursed the doll with voodoo and black magic. Now, this is just one theory because others debate that um, if she had cursed the doll and the family, um, after they passed away, the curse would end. But that wasn't the case with this because after they had all died, he still went on to terrorize the new family of the house. The terror of him still remains today, and many people who have visited him have reported that their cameras would stop working when they tried taking pictures of him and the staff at the museum reports seeing the doll making different facial expressions um, and then hearing demonic giggling and then having seen him put his hands up on the glass case where um, they actually have him enclosed in now it's also said that the doll casts curses on people who take his picture without asking him permission first um, so if you do visit him, you may notice that around him there are dozens of handwritten letters from previous visitors begging for the doll's forgiveness and asking him to remove any hexes or curses that he's cast on them. Clearly something's going on with these people after leaving there that they're feeling he's done something to them, otherwise they wouldn't be writing letters, so... I'm never going to visit him because I don't want to leave there and then weird things start happening. And if you decide to visit him, good luck. And now it's time for the Fright or Flight Spotlight. What gives you the shivers? If you have a strange or unusual fear or a creepy event that's happened to you, I want to hear about it. Email me at bblade at shiver.com. That's S-H-H-I-V-E-R dot com for a chance to be on next week's Fright or Flight Spotlight. So this is the part of the show where I will... Choose a listener's story and read it out loud on the show. For more information about the Shiver podcast, you can visit www.shiver.com. That's S-H-H-I-V-E-R.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram by searching Blair Blade or at hashtag Shiver. Cover art created by A. Basmati 
and music by A Basmati, I Records, and Kano Sound. You can listen and share the Shiver podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you're twistingly satisfied with our show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to make a donation and receive a horrifyingly heartfelt shout-out on one of our shows, you can visit anchor.fm backslash shiver and click on the support this podcast button. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. It really means the world to me. I'm your hostess, Blair Blade. And until next time, sweet screams and shivering dreams. <laughs>